you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Show. It's me, your man, MG. Marcus Grant, fully vaxxed, still dodging all the variants like Neo in the Matrix uh, and hoping that, uh, I don't know. I, I keep saying I hope that we're getting close to the end of this thing. I feel like this is just going to be with us forever and we're going to figure out sort of how to live with it as best as possible. Either way, uh, the good news is football season continues its steady drumbeat toward the start of week one. Uh, got another fun show for you today. Of course, produ- producer Justin is alongside as he uh, fins off the haters in Titans Nation on Twitter. Uh, I see you there. <laughs> I see him there. Uh, and, you know, he's, uh, he's, he's battling all the folks who are naysaying what Mike Vrabel is doing in training camp. And uh, fight the good fight, man. You, you do what you do, man. I, I appreciate it. Uh, but anyway, we are continuing our summer cavalcade of fantasy stars, uh, which actually I think this may be uh, our our summer finale of the fantasy stars. We may have other folks on, but uh, this is kind of it for like the 
the one-on-ones that I've been doing this summer. And I feel like this is a great way to end it. We're doing it uh, with a guy who is not just a friend of the show, but an actual friend, a guy that I talk to every day, a guy whose work you know if you have been in the fantasy space for any amount of time. He is uh, he is smart. He is funny. He is a guy that uh, I have, uh, you know, I look up to his work. I'm just going to be honest with you. I appreciate what he does, oh. and uh, I take his word for it. It is Mr. Reception Perception himself, the one and only Matt Harmon. Pal, I mean, I talk to you all the time, but it's good to talk to you yeah. in this format. It's good to talk to you here, man. <laughs> Smart, funny, and you appreciate my work? I mean, my God, Marcus. And, like, the, <laughs> finishing the, the, the series with me, I, I would have personally – finished on like a stronger note but that's just me but nah man I, I appreciate you have me I'm excited to talk with you today well you know what's funny though I, I feel like and correct me if I'm wrong because years and years ago when you first got into this space you were doing your own podcast called the backyard banter um if I remember right, I don't know if I was the last one, but I know I was sort of near the end of that series. Because if I remember correctly, uh, I think you, you recorded that your half of the interview from like a hotel room in like New Mexico or something. <laughs> that, sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. That sounds about right. Yeah, no, that was uh, the, my first. I think that was my first summer break. You know, the 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 lovely summer break that some of us got at the NFL. Uh, you know, it's it's like being a teacher, basically, um, right? Like I got my summers off. How nice! Uh, but no, like yeah. So that was what I did during that summer. Uh, but yeah, no, you were one of the last guests on that podcast. It's still like a show. Surprisingly enough, um, I'm always shocked that people are like, man, I wish uh, wish we could, wish we could still listen to Backyard Banjo. Like I still go back and listen to some of those episodes. So no, I'm glad that people loved the pod. It was, your episode was awesome. Everybody's episode was awesome. There was like a who's who of uh, at that time in the industry. And it's funny, man. Like now, I don't know who who out there is listening cares about this, but I'm just gonna you know lead Let's us into this there, anyway. It's like it's crazy now that it feels like the industry is so much more crowded with great voices that are doing awesome things and that are totally different from the folks that were creating content in like 2016, 2017 when I was doing that podcast. I feel like if I, um, I always thought like at some point doing the show, I'm like, man, it's, you know, at some point, like I'm going to have talked to everybody right now. It's impossible. You could never, <laughs> have, impossible. you could never talk to everybody. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. Uh, and it's, it's, it's funny. Cause like you were talking about it being what 2016, 2017, like it's not really that long ago, but the way the space has just expanded in that relatively short amount of time, uh, is incredibly amazing. And it has been great to watch so many different voices and different people do different things. And I will tell you that I, uh, you know, I'm trying to keep up, man. You, you, you've seen me, man. I'm on, I'm on the TikTok now. You're on the TikTok, I gotta, dude. I gotta, well, I gotta how, keep up. By the way, you're like a freaking natural at it. Um, oh, you know, thanks. you you gassed me up. Like, let me gas you up here for a minute. Like, if I could have picked <laughs> any fantasy analyst to be on TikTok, like just 15 seconds of, hey, here's what you need, idiot. Like, take it and, <laughs> and go. Um, that's you. You're funny. You're you're engaging and interesting there. Like you're gonna you're gonna basically just destroy fantasy TikTok. Like I couldn't do that. I can't say anything in sixty seconds. I I've, I would spend five minutes on the show now or something like that, and we've barely talked about football. So yeah, I would be, I would be like the stone worst person on TikTok. I'm a lurker. I'm a lurker on the TikTok. I get all my like. I'm I'm not on. I'll tell you what. You you will never appear on my feed because I'm not on like sports TikTok one bit. I'm on like barbecue fitness cooking mm -hmm. tiktok and i love it yeah no it's funny you, it's funny you say that and you're right we haven't gotten to any football yet we will trust us folks we'll get to football it's um 
you know, I, the, the TikToks I make are not like the TikToks I watch. I'm very much, you know, cooking TikTok and plant TikTok. <laughs> and stuff oh, like yeah. That. So, uh, yeah. So <laughs> what I, you know, the stuff I'm putting out there is not like the stuff I'm consuming. It's a completely different world. Uh, all right. I guess that's enough of that. We should probably talk about yeah. some football now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know. Um, let's start with a couple of preseason headlines because, uh, you know, the – uh, the stories out of Dallas always keep coming. It probably doesn't hurt for the Cowboys that they're on hard knocks. So, you know, they are in our face literally every week now. Um, the latest is Dak Prescott probably not going to play this week against the Houston Texans. He's still sort of you know being cautious with that shoulder injury. Mm. Obviously, he's coming off the, the horrible leg injury that cost him most of last year. Um, are you even a little concerned just because we haven't really seen Dak get all that much work yet? Yeah, I mean, you always would rather trend on the positive side of injury news and the fact that, you know, he got an MRI, he's still kind of being cautious with it is not exactly what you want to hear, especially because, as you mentioned, like the one Hard Knocks clip that really kind of went viral from the first episode was him basically being like, I've rested enough, like I want to be out there. (laughs) So clearly it's not him being cautious of his own accord. He would rather be out there and be, uh, you know, letting it rip and all that stuff. So... I I I would say I'm mildly like I'm not just well I'm not concerned but I wouldn't just like brush it completely off or mm-hmm. I'd keep my eye on it or whatever was it I think Kyle Brandt did like a good morning football segment here's some more NFL Network plug for you um, <laughs> as if you need it <laughs> on the show right I think he did a, he did a, like a segment or something when he was like at DATCON four like instead of DEFCON four something like that <laughs> that's about where I'd put it you know very low on the spectrum not that I really understand the whole DEFCON spec, uh, spectrum thing anyways but I would say I'm I'm not truly worried but I'm at least going to keep my eye on the situation because I mean we're basically all counting and have all been projecting as if you know Dak is going to be back and 100% ready to rock you know out there like he was in the first five weeks of the season or whatever if that's not the case you know that would be pretty problematic for all of these other players that we've, you know, hung our hopes on here with Zeke as like a guy that I've pushed into the top three of my rankings. And I think Mm. should be a consensus top three back off the board closer to Dalvin cook than he is the guy at four, Derrick Henry, Mm. you know, CD lamb's a guy I've got as a top 12 receiver this year. Amari Cooper's still like a really good early round pick. And Michael Gallup is like the slam dunk best value in fantasy. All that starts to kind of fall apart. <laughs> if uh, we've got who, who's their backup now, Garrett still, Grayson, still Garrett, or, st- still, still Garrett Gilbert, right? But the Garrett yeah, Gilbert, not Garrett Nooch Grayson is still name. lurking back there too somewhere. Oh yeah. Yeah. JMU's finest Ben DiNucci. So yeah, no, I mean, I, at this point I'm, I'm not like freaking out about it, but it's definitely a storyline to monitor. By the way, I, I, for years always confused the DEF CON levels. I thought five was like the worst or whatever, but well, it's, it's natural, one. right? It, it just seems that, that way, right? Like it's, that doesn't make any one. sense. Uh, yeah. Uh, you also you talked about Amari Cooper. I was, the other thing is like he, I know he's still sort of recovering. They're saying that he may play this weekend, but um, I mean he's another one. I don't know how you feel about it, but he's another. I'd like to at least see him a little bit. I'm still drafting him. I'm still yeah. excited about what he could be, but it'd kind of be nice to actually see him on the field getting some work in at some point. Yeah, that would be great. I never like to draft running backs or receivers that are coming into the year already nursing an injury when you're when you're dealing with them in like the early rounds and stuff like that, you know, because you're banking on them coming back to full form. But who knows how they really are? And Amari Cooper is not a guy who's played well um, when injured before. So I haven't really been drafting Cooper proactively, not because 
I have a problem with his individual outlook. It's just that I really like to draft CeeDee Lamb in that round three range. I love drafting Gallup later. He's just of the three, if you're putting them with like ADP baked into it, he's the third third most appealing option mm-hmm. of the three guys. And just where he goes, I'm typically targeting other players. And this is just like a reason to break the tie against him is that we haven't seen him yet and everything like that. But we know exactly who he is when he gets on the field and when he's at 100%. He's a really good player, an awesome flanker receiver that gets really soft coverages and free releases from the line of scrimmage because they move him around so much. They put him uh, in the slot sometimes. And, and I mean, frankly, one of the biggest developments out of um, Dallas training camp, save Zeke being in the best shape of his life because it's the every other <laughs> the every other year thing with Zeke, man. It's like it really is like he's either coming in completely rocked up after, you know, kicking ass in the offseason or like last year he had covid Four years ago, he was in Cabo or something right. like that, dealing mm-hmm. with the contract thing. So it's always like the every other year thing with Zeke at this point. Um, besides that, the biggest development to me was that they were actually following through on all of these hopes that they were going to move these receivers around. Like, I didn't really mm-hmm. want to trust Mike McCarthy that he was going to be creative with his player deployment or uh, his route combinations. Cause if you were familiar with his time during the green Bay era, that was definitely not the case. They were very <laughs> static in that offense. Um, they were very static last year. Like CD lamb was a 90% slot guy. Gallup was isolated as the X receiver, basically on every snap. And Cooper was just the flanker that again, they move around a pretty decent amount and he's in a pretty good rule role. But nevertheless, the fact that lamb was playing more perimeter snaps and excelling in those reps. The Gallup was talking about being more excited, playing from the slot more. I think that actually benefits all of these guys, raises their ceilings, and for a guy like Lamb, raises their floor prospects. So that's a trickle-down effect to Amari Cooper, too. So there's plenty of reasons to be excited about this Dallas receiving core. We just need Cooper out there, and we definitely need Dak out there. I mean, bro, look, Mike McCarthy's into analytics now, so things are just naturally <laughs> going to get better. It's, it's going to be fine. I, 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 do, I do kind of, like, balk it when everybody, uh, you know, freaked out about, oh, well, he just straight up admitted that he didn't really mean it when he's talking about, you know, analytics. He just said, he basically admitted that he just did that just to get the job. It's like, <laughs> we've all done that, we've guys. Done like, that what are you talking job. about? Seriously. <laughs> what are you talking about? If you haven't, like... I'm not saying lied, but if you haven't stretched the truth in a job interview, you yeah. probably didn't get that job, baby. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I look, look I've, I've opened PowerPoint on you know more than one occasion, so that means I know PowerPoint. Like that's just how oh, yeah. it works. That's just, oh yeah, that's just, just facts. Uh, yeah. All right, <laughs> down to Miami, where uh, Brian Flores talking about his running backs and saying that they plan to use their top three guys quote situationally, which is basically just a fancy way of saying we're going to have a three-headed running back committee. Yep. Um, I felt like Miles Gaskin, at least for you know the offseason through free agency in the draft, sort of escaped unscathed. But now it appears that he is going to have some competition back there. I know Malcolm Brown is the guy right now uh, that is sort of wrecking everybody's dreams when it comes to fantasy and these, these Dolphins running backs. Um, now that you know the word apparently is out that there's going to be a three-headed monster down there, is there one guy that you like more than the others? Yeah, I mean, if you were drafting Miles Gaskin early in the offseason in like the fourth, fifth round that is ADP, you, I mean, you were making a mistake then and you know you were making a mistake <laughs> now. My newest theory, Marcus, about like the fantasy offseason is that we really, as a community, and I'm not going to do the whole like you all you people out there do this because <laughs> I'm sure I've done this, too. But 
I think there's like sort of we get these narratives in our head about players and then or like storylines that are going to happen. And then once they don't happen, like they don't happen to the way we expect, then we kind of count it twice in a way. And I'll explain what I mean by this, because I actually think the Dolphins are sort of at the epicenter of this theory that I have, because it's the same thing with A.J. Dillon in Green Bay. I think A.J. Dillon is one of the most undervalued players in fantasy right now because, you know, Jamal Williams leaves. We all expected that, but a lot of folks expected Aaron Jones to leave that backfield too. And then when he didn't, the folks that were ready to vault A.J. Dillon up the rankings were just like, oh, forget it. Like, let's push him back down because <laughs> that optimism that AJ or that Aaron Jones didn't go to the Dolphins, it, you know, it, that, that optimism was crushed. So the, then we didn't even just, like, leave him where he was going to go. We actually pushed him further down into that eighth, ninth round range where I think A.J. Dillon is – not only does he possess the otherworldly upside if Aaron Jones ever was to get hurt, and by the way, he's been hurt this offseason too, he still presents like some standalone value because he can take over Jamal Williams' role. So that's like kind of the, the – but then at the same time, on the Dolphins' side of this thing too, most – I feel like most people expected Miles Gaskin to get usurped, right? Because mm-hmm. he's – a guy that doesn't have a big resume. The Dolphins were potentially going to sign Aaron Jones. They didn't sign Aaron Jones, obviously, because he goes back to Green Bay. Then the Dolphins were probably going to take uh, Javante Williams at that second-round pick. Denver traded ahead of them, so they don't take any running back there in the second round because they're smart. They didn't just pivot like, well, you we really got one running back. Let's just reach for somebody here. Um, but at the same time, all of those moves, the fact that we were talking about them, still indicated that they were not – set on Miles Gaskin being the guy, but he sort of got that he's the only guy left uh, tag throughout the offseason. But they still did sign Malcolm Brown in free agency. Like, I've had Malcolm Brown as a top 50 running back basically all offseason, not to indicate that, like, oh, man, you got to draft Malcolm Brown or anything like that, but at least to indicate these two guys are probably going to be closer in their workload than their fantasy ADP would suggest. Because, like I said, Gaskin was a fourth or fifth round pick. Mm -hmm. Brown was a guy who was just... You know, not even on the radar at this point. And now he's on the radar because Flores said this. But basically, it probably should have been the case all along that we were concerned about Gaskin sharing some workload with Malcolm Brown. Because, you know, he's like the Jamal Williams type, like coaches catnip. Great pass blocker. (laughs) Doesn't fumble. Not that exciting, but won't screw you over, basically. So I would say I'm just not at all surprised by this development and yeah I mean I guess you're still going to rank Gaskin ahead of Malcolm Brown for sure you know but there's just never been a situation once this offseason where I've been like yes I want to take Gaskin here where he's going you go into your shower feeling tired but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring your day immediately gets better that crisp fresh unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses so when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. I feel like, too, because, look, I, I know that I personally went through that whole story arc that you just laid out for Miles Gaskin of the, you know, from the somebody's going to yep. come in and take his role to the, well, nothing happened, so I guess it's all good, to the now it's like, uh, see, this is what we knew was going to happen, which I guess I don't know how we as a group of people solve that other than to, like, I don't know, maybe if we, like, you know, here's, here's I think, the best way to solve it, but it will never, ever, ever happen is, you know, we don't hang on everything and we don't spend the months between, you know, 
April and July just wildly speculating <laughs> about what might happen. You know, like for us to, to, you know, take a pause and just sort of accept things and then we all come back when the team sort of come back, that would be the wisest choice. But the content beast has to be fed all the time. So Also, buddy, our salaries have to be fed. So nah, maybe look, keep, I, look, keep I got, yeah, I got bills, man. Keep, like, cut, it's fine. Th- cut, this, cut this thought out of the podcast. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, honestly, like if, because we overthink things, right? Like yes. it, it, yeah. it causes our our thoughts to shift and our ideas to shift, and yeah. you know, accordingly, it, it causes ADPs to shift for guys. But I think you know, some sometimes we're right all along. We just don't trust ourselves to be right uh, over the course of the summer months. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, obviously, I can't have you on the show and not talk about wide receivers. It is your stock in trade. Uh, you know, you have built a whole separate entity around it. Um, but I noticed uh, on on the Twitter machine recently, uh, you were sort of having a conversation. I, I don't want to call it an, an argument. It was a legitimate just conversation and discussion about separation metrics and and what this means for some guys because there are some players who are really good receivers who don't mm-hmm. necessarily stack up that well when it comes to separation. And I I feel like has it become is it a thing that people read too much into and and what potentially is the danger of sort of reading too much into some of these separation metrics and guys that may or may not be good at it yeah so when we talk about separation metrics obviously we're talking about like yards of separation or separation at target those type of metrics that are collected by a few a a few sites out there um not reception perception not reception (laughs) perception.com that is a totally different thing so we'll put that aside for a second um my problem with these metrics is one, they've already been proven out that there's no correlation between these separation metrics and fantasy production or, or just production in general or really anything. Uh, Hayden Winks over at Underdog Fantasy um, just moved over there from Roto World, RIP the title Roto World. Uh, <laughs> he moved over there this offseason. He wrote a great piece kind of showing that exactly that you know yards of separation does not correlate to fantasy production or anything like that in fact some of the best receivers in the league actually have you know that are down there at the bottom right so inherently like that should kind of tell you it doesn't really pass the sniff test like i you know sometimes analytics and data can be simplified to in a way of like if it really tells you something that's completely like if it tells you a player is bad and you know this player is good i i would i would think <laughs> twice about it right basically which is why i've always you know, to pat myself on the back here and talk about reception perception. There's some of the best receivers in the league, Stefan Diggs, Allen Robinson, Devontae Adams, you know, Antonio Brown during his prime. Those guys were the best players in reception perception, right? Like, so that, I feel pretty good about that in the way for the sniff <laughs> test part of it. But just from like an actual on-field play perspective, why do I care if a guy has, you know, one yard or two yards of separation at the point of the catch? Because, this is my biggest problem with any type of per target efficiency metric in general is when if you're trying to measure wide receiver quality, you're inherently welcoming in the variable of the quarterback of the pass. And Allen Robinson was kind of what sparked me to, to tweet about this in general, because I think he's like top, bottom 70 player in, in separation metrics at, at target. DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, you know, those are other guys that are like in the bottom of the league. And again, if you're watching football and you think Allen Robinson and AJ Brown and DK Metcalf aren't getting open, I, I don't know what to tell you. Like, the, <laughs> I, I, don't, I just don't know what, what you think that means. And for Allen Robinson specifically, when you're welcoming in the inherent value of the target, right? Like, 
you're 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 welcoming in Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles uh, on this equation. Like guys, we think of guys that who are who win these great contested catches. Well, oh, they're winning contested catches because because they're not open. That's not necessarily the case. You can be wide open and your quarterback can throw you into a contested situation. And therefore, when the metric is calculated, you're going to be closer to that defender because you had to adjust for the bad ball. So I hope that sort of explains um, kind of my my thoughts on the whole thing. And, you know, because any metric that doesn't adjust for man coverage, zone coverage, short, intermediate, deep routes, like Jimmy Graham was like top of the league. Uh, I think in 2019 of this metric, I should just tell you again, like kind of what we're dealing with here. <laughs> you know, I, I would throw in one more variable. You talked about the different variables. I, you also figure some of these top receivers, when you talk about an Allen Robinson, a DK Metcalf and AJ Brown, the guys they're going against as well. They're facing some of the top corners and defensive right. backs in this league, which automatically makes it, it's hard to get separation against, you know, a, a great defensive back. So that, that's probably one more thing to, to sort of throw into the mix there. Um, it's also like a trust thing too. I mean, mm-hmm. Matthew Stafford, Kenny Galladay, another connection. Like he knows he can throw it up to Galladay, and and he could go get it to, even if there's just the sliver of separation. And like to me, it's more of like a pass fail thing. Like either you're open or or you're not. Like if you're open by three yards or two yards, if you're open and you presented a reasonable target for the quarterback, that's all I care about. Not mm-hmm. like he was open by this point five of a yard as opposed to this point five of a yard. Yeah, no, I think I think that's I like the way you described this pass fail because I think that's sort of like, yeah, it, it's either it's either one or the other, yes or no, right? So, um, I was looking and obviously you you've done a ton of profiles on reception perception. I mean, you were doing this for years, but I know the site's got a bunch of good new stuff on there. Um, the one thing I, I've sort of been curious about in general with wide receivers, it used to be like when I started doing this job, you know, mm-hmm. so many years ago, um, <laughs> we would always talk about sort of the rise of the third-year receiver, right? It was sort of in that third year when most guys sort of really started to blossom. I feel like in the years since, that learning curve has sort of shortened, right? So, like, you know, we, we yeah. for a while it was like the second-year receiver. And now we sort of expect guys, especially the guys who were drafted high, right? When we look at, you know, this year, you look at the Devontae Smiths and the Jamar Chases and Jalen Waddles. Like, we expect those guys to come in and be productive right away. And mm-hmm. I think I think in a lot of ways, Odell Beckham sort of ruined it for a lot of people. Um, but as you, you know, as you chart these guys and you start to really dig into some of these players, is that the case for most that that, it, they, that they can ju- come in and be productive right away? Is there still that learning curve? Uh, you know, are, are we only expecting, I guess, production from the elite types, or is that kind of an everybody thing now? Yeah, I think it is sort of a case by case basis because, like for example, Jalen Rager is a great example of a guy that I think Rager actually had. I think the reason that the Eagles put themselves into the brain pretzel where they took. Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson, which was wrong at the time, and it's hilariously (laughs) wrong now, right? Like, the Eagles needed somebody to come in and make an instant impact. Like, they needed somebody to play in that receiver core last year so that they weren't relying on Greg Ward or trying to, you know, uncover Travis Fulgham out of of nowhere or, you know, God forbid, throwing Alshon Jeffrey at the, you know, at, at the end of the season back out as a starter again. They needed somebody to give them day one production, Immediate impact. And Justin Jefferson was the guy. I hate to do this to Eagles fans. I'm, I'm sorry, but like it, it just is the perfect <laughs> example of, of this problem. Like Justin Jefferson was the guy because 
you could see it was all over his college film that he was a technically detailed, nuanced route runner, that he could run routes like an NFL veteran. I compared him to Keenan Allen coming into the NFL draft. Mm-hmm. I still think that's a great comparison today. Um, and, and that was just, again, it was all evident. And But the reason they put themselves in this brain pretzel was they also said, like, well, we really need speed, which was true. They absolutely needed speed on that offense. But Rager last year... Whereas Justin Jefferson came in and was a 91st percentile in success rate versus man coverage and reception perception. Everything that you would have thought, like from day one, one of the best route runners in the NFL, one of the best separators in the game. Rager, on the other hand, literally has the second worst success rate versus man coverage ever charted in reception perception history. This is over 300 players since 2014. That doesn't mean that I think Jalen Rager can never become like a useful player in the NFL. So I want to put that caveat out there. But it just goes to show like... You watched Jalen Rager last year, and he just was had no technical detail to his game. Just couldn't run routes at all, and therefore could not separate, and was sort of a, a flop in his first year in the NFL. Like maybe he improves that. That's absolutely possible. You know, Devontae Adams is a great example of a player who really improved his route running and has now become one of the best receivers in the league. I don't know that Jalen Rager is going to do that. I don't know that I'm banking on ever, anybody ever doing that again. But that's kind of the point here, and that I think from an individual player perspective. The guys who can run routes really well and separate at a high level, those guys can still come in and make an immediate impact. But from like a league-wide thing that I think is happening here, it's not so much that college teams are better preparing their players to be pros, right? Like we know that college teams don't care about that. They certainly want to develop their their players and they want to do right by them. But more importantly, they want to win games. So like if that means um, – Winning games, you know, putting by putting guys in like gadget roles in college or teaching a guy to run routes, they're going to favor winning games and putting guys <laughs> in the right role every single time. Right. So I think what's actually happening is that the NFL is meeting college halfway or more mm-hmm. than halfway. We always say that college is like five years ahead of the NFL. I think the NFL is now sort of catching up to the point that these guys are, you know, some players are are. are their, their usage is more flexible. A guy like Debo Samuel is a great example. I think if Debo had come to the league like 10 years ago, you know, they would have like made him play special teams or moved him to running back or something. But Kyle Shanahan looks at him and says, okay, I can put this guy in a role where I create touches for him. I get him away from man coverage on the outside. I let him just do what he does best as a yak machine. So I think that's really what's happening here is that coaches, good coaches and good teams especially, are being more flexible with their player deployment to better just get them on the field right away so that they all don't have to be Justin Jefferson. Like had Doug Peterson given Jalen Rager a role where he was lining up in the slot or getting away from press coverage and man coverage, which he couldn't separate from last year. Maybe we're talking about an entirely different story with Jalen Rager coming into year two. Yeah. I mean, I know I, I sort of, I sort of bought in last year. Um, obviously, it was it was disappointing to say the least. Um, but I, I think you're right about. I don't want to say it's positionless football, right? Because I know there you know there's this talk yeah. uh, about the NBA where you know people are going to transition or a positionless basketball where you have you know players who can do multiple things. I don't think we'll ever completely get there in the NFL, but I do think you're right no, about yeah. taking a guy's skill set and trying to figure out how to best use that. And I think also some of it is just because, um, as you mentioned, like some of the the concepts and ideas that are being successful in college are now being applied to the NFL. And it is, I think if you're a head coach, it's easier to adapt the scheme to your players than try to, you know, square peg, round hole uh, into into whatever system you're trying to run. 
offense. Kadarius Tony, what are the Giants going to do with Kadarius Tony? I mean, uh, he's had a rocky offseason in his own right, um, <laughs> but he's like the perfect example of a guy that had he gone to, you know, I don't think the 49ers need a receiver, but just to use that example, had he gone to like a progressive young coach like mm-hmm. Kyle Shanahan that would have put him in the right role, like maybe we're talking about a great a great year one impact, um, all other things, you know, aside, but I mean, he goes to Jason Garrett. Like, I if I'm gonna if I'm gonna pick a coach to find the best out of Kadarius Tony, who who cannot run routes, who is not a detailed technician at all, but is really explosive in space, I probably wouldn't have picked Jason Garrett to be the guy to get that role out of him. Uh that's another one. Like, I I didn't really understand it at the time when they drafted him. I understand yeah, it no. less now. It's been weird. I don't know. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great tasting all natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. 
one of the you know for folks who haven't you know logged on who haven't subscribed to reception perception i know you have thrown some some tidbits of red meat out there from about from behind the paywall to kind of get people excited one of them uh was on odell beckham jr who is a guy that i i just have not been able to wrap my head around uh Mm -hmm. this off season um you know i i still think that guy that we saw in new york is still in there somewhere um, you know, obviously last year the injury pretty much derailed everything. The move to Cleveland has not been great for you know any number of reasons. Um, so I'm just sort of on the fence about what to do about him. You obviously took a look. You you kind of dove in in depth. Um, where do you fall on on who OBJ will be this season? Yeah, definitely one of, if not the toughest evaluations at the wide receiver position right now, Um, which is one of the reasons that I did decide to make his profile 100% free for anybody to read. If you want to try before you buy with (laughs) PerceptionPerception.com, you can read Beckham's profile from 2020 and 2019 and realize, oh, I'm going to get this information for like 60 plus receivers in the NFL right now. And, you know, hopefully that's appealing. But on Beckham specifically, um, the reason, one of the reasons beyond just from a business standpoint, I thought it was a good idea to make his profile free. It's like you've got to get it right this year with Beckham, and, and you have to kind of decide what's the reality with him because, as you mentioned, like that player from the Giants days, I, I would say he was like a legendary talent in those days, like on a trajectory to be one of the five best receivers to potentially ever play pro football. You know, in, that, in his time with the Giants, he finished. Uh, uh, he never finished below the 98th percentile success rate versus press coverage. And again, we're talking about like a very young player at this point. He also still to this day owns two of the four best success rate versus man coverage scores of all time. I mean, we're talking about an elite, elite, elite player on his own individual basis. Then he goes to Cleveland in 2019. He falls off all the way to the 54th percentile versus man coverage, 42nd against press. You know, from like one of the best ever to an average level receiver in 2019 with Cleveland. Again, reception perception isolates the receiver from the quarterback. So this is not Baker Mayfield's fault. This does not put this all in Baker Mayfield. (laughs) I think, and my conclusion basically coming out of 2019 was Beckham was either, you know, all the lower body injuries have taken their toll or, you know, this was just an off year. Like, he was hurt. He was playing with a hernia injury that year. It was just one bad season. I thought 2019, 2020 was going to be really important, and I'm happy to report that his 2020 results were awesome. Again, you can go on the website and check it out. He was back up there above the 90th percentile against man and press. Not quite those legendary days of New York, but pretty close. Like, one of the better separators against man and press in an across-the-route tree in the entire NFL. So I think from an individual player perspective – even if the numbers didn't back it up last year, I think Beckham was close to back to being his old self to start 2020. The problem is we got another injury question right. coming into this year, right? Cause uh, it's a shortened sample of games in 2020 because he tears his ACL. All the reports are positive this off season. That's great to hear. Um, and I don't know about you, but I don't buy into the narrative that, Beckham and Mayfield just can't they don't have chemistry they can't figure it out I think it's more so coincidence that they haven't popped off at the same time just yet it's not as if like as soon as they popped Beckham out of the offense last year Mayfield immediately took off it took towards the back half of the season into the postseason for Mayfield I think to just get comfortable Mm -hmm. in Kevin Stefanski's offense coming off an offseason with no 
you know, real <laughs> training with no preseason, a short, a weird off season with no OTAs, all that stuff, like training camp, all COVID stuff, whatever. So I actually think that sprinkling Beckham in the form that he played in in 2020 on top of this offense could like launch them up to being one of the most, if not the most efficient offenses in the NFL, because I think he's still at that superstar level. At least he was playing at that last year. It's just tough to know what form he's going to be at this year. Cause again, the lower body injuries have stacked up at this point, but call me a sucker. I am keeping the candle lit for one more year, and I have been ranking him ahead of consensus and drafting him at his ADP this year because it's not like last year or even the, especially the year before that where you had to pay the iron price to do it. You, you can basically get him in the sixth round this year, you know, if that, and like as your wide receiver three, and I'm very comfortable doing that. Yeah, I think, I think that is sort of the thing that gives me comfort about drafting him this year is because you aren't necessarily banking on him to be your probably one of your top two wide receivers. I think there's still going to be spike weeks in there. He, he will have week winning games for you. I just feel like the consistency may not be there. Um, although, hey, look, man, one more year for Baker Mayfield in this offense, getting him comfortable. And even like I agree, yes, it's not all on him, but having him comfortable and productive oh, yeah. only helps everybody else around him. Exactly. So, so exactly. hopefully, hopefully that makes things better. Um, Corey Davis, you know, we finally saw the breakout for Corey Davis that we had been longing for for years. Now he's in New York playing in this Jets offense. Um, do you have a level of confidence or how much confidence do you have that he can sort of continue this success in a new place? And, and the other part to that is, um, you know, what about like Denzel Mims? Are, are we in on any of these Jets receivers? <laughs> Yeah, it's funny because all offseason there's sort of been this fretting over Denzel Mims is playing the, thir- the third team. Denzel Mims <laughs> got food poisoning from salmon and uh, you like, know, lost like 10 pounds or something, something like right? That. Yeah, man. I mean, some all these Denzel Mims storylines, um, and, and there's been a few things I think that have been lost in the weeds with all that, which is one, like Keelan Cole's a good player, you know? Like he, do- he doesn't he's, – he's not like a superstar. He's never going to win you your fantasy league, but – I get why the Jets like Keelan Cole and might want to play Keelan Cole over Denzel Mims. So so there's that part of it too. But also, like, Elijah Moore has been the steady drumbeat until he got this quad injury recently. He's been the steady drumbeat of he's a rocket ship rising up there in New York. By the way, 1,000% in on Elijah Moore, who is a reception-perception guy, no question about it. Like, draft him in every dynasty league. Um, earmark him late in your drafts as long as he gets back healthy at some point. Like I, I definitely want to be in on the Elijah Moore experience, who I think, based on his reception perception results, legitimately reminds me of like a young early career Antonio Brown. I think mm-hmm. he's that type of separator, that explosive after the catch, and like he was Old Miss passing game last year. Like <laughs> when he played, he was there in the entire engine. Um, your boy Lane Kiffin made him the focal point. <laughs> of the offense there. Um, And it made sense because he's a really good player. So while we've been kind of focused on all those storylines, I feel like Corey Davis has kind of been forgotten about to the point that I think all of these Jets receivers, I think Mims will play a little bit if he's on the roster. I think Elijah Moore will play a good amount if he's on the roster. I think Keelan Cole will mix in. Jamison Crowder will rotate in. But the guy who's probably going to be on the field for every single snap is Corey Davis. And Corey Davis is not, you know, some superstar separator in reception perception at all. I think he's more of like 
a rock solid number two receiver. But the Jets haven't had anything close to rock solid in years. And they paid him, you know, like 18th, 20th highest paid receiver in the NFL. I think they properly valued him in free agency. I think he's going to – the two routes he ran the most often last year were slants and digs, those in-breaking routes to the middle of the field. That's going to be perfect for Zach Wilson in this, like, Shanahan offshoot offense. So Mm -hmm. I did not expect to be ahead of consensus on Corey Davis. But after doing my projections, just because – the targets you can dole him out based on the snaps and routes run that he's going to have. I have him as like a top 40 receiver and he goes like outside the top 50. So I'm not telling you to draft him at wide receiver 35, but I'm definitely telling you (laughs) to draft him ahead of consensus because that you can get him at such a steep value this year. I feel like for him, um, one, the the Elijah Moore drum beat that you talk about, I think, has a lot to do with it. Because I feel like whenever I talk about the Jets offense, like I always throw in Corey Davis's name, but I feel like I am I won't say I'm I'm alone. There, you know, there are plenty of us doing this that there are other people talking about Corey Davis, but I don't feel like he's getting that same level of recognition. I think the other part of this is that I think people are just still sort of hesitant about anything connected to the Jets. Um, totally fair. <laughs> I mean, like, seriously, like, because, and this even goes beyond, like, you know, the Adam Gase situation, right? Like, I mean, there's, yeah. there are a generation of football fans that only know Jets futility, right? So, like, this I is think there's, like, that. multiple generations at this point, you right. know? That so, don't... <laughs> like, so at this point, like, anything connected to the Jets, people are going to sort of hesitate. And so I know that's, uh, I think that's part of why we don't, we don't get as much Corey Davis talk as, as maybe we should. Um, Very fair. I know that you get a lot of requests, or you got a lot of requests to uh, to chart Nicole Hardman. Um, are we trying to make fetch happen, or is Nicole Hardman <laughs> going to like be a thing like out outside of best ball leagues this year? Yeah, as you mentioned, a lot of requests for McCall Hardman. Not to do another site promo here, but one of no, the cool please. things. please. <laughs> That's what this is for. This is, like, this is like, it's like coming on The Tonight Show, man. You just like sit here and plug your project, you know? Right, exactly. So one of the cool things this year about the Reception Perception site is that you get access to our Discord if you're a Prime or Sicko subscriber, which, by the way, is actually super fun. You know how much I hate to be bothered and like hate to... <laughs> talk to really anybody other than my fiance or you guys in slack um (laughs) that's about it i will say having a discord is awesome like it's great you could it's a it's an awesome thing one of the things that you can do is also like all off season people have been suggesting guys that were not in the initial release of the site to like let's get these guys on the site we really want to know what they look like in reception perception so subscriber request one of the ones, as you mentioned, was definitely Mikol Hardman. Um, and, you know, I kind of think with Hardman, this is just as an individual player perspective, I feel like we've almost been too hard on him because of our own expectations, right? Like, people expected him to sort of take that next step last year, and then when he didn't really take that step, like, there are people out there legitimately like, oh, not this again with Mikol Hardman. I'm like, not this again. He's been in the league for two years. Like, what do you mean, <laughs> not this again? Um, but he's like, he's just getting, kind of just getting started, and I went back and, and charted him, obviously, and the one thing I'll say is, I, I think he's w- was kind of like an average player last year. He absolutely had too many drops. He actually has the highest drop rate uh, among the guys on the site right now, so he definitely needs to clean up mistakes, Um, Some things like that. But really, to me, I kind of want to see him used 
as less of a gadget guy, which I think he's been so far, because he actually did not get, he got dropped on first contact a lot in his reception perception sample. But, you know, from like a separation perspective, a success rate versus man, zone, press, all that, he's kind of right around the league average. You know, I think he's just been an average receiver so far. He's not been anything special. And I think if you're an average receiver, though, and you're getting a more of a full workload, if you're the third guy getting the targets there in Kansas City, that's worth a lot more than other offenses. So for me, I think it just depends on where he's going to fall in fantasy this year. So, I mean, I think I think you could tell I'm, I'm not like all the way in, mm-hmm. but I'm not all the way out. There are some sites where he's legit getting drafted as a top 40 receiver. No thanks on that. <laughs> yeah. But there are other sites where he's going completely undrafted. So I think if you can get him as a late round guy, I think he's in line to be, you know, their primary third receiver. And by that, I just mean like he'll be third on the team in targets. Demarcus Robinson and some of these guys might play more snaps outside than him or in, you know, two tight end sets. I don't really care. I think this to I think this is going to primarily be a three receiver offense. And I think McCole Hardman, if he's used as more of a traditional receiver and less as a gadget player, I think he's got enough there to be, you know, a potentially starting level guy. Yeah. thing that, that uh, caught my ear when you were talking about that is you, you being the king of drop agnosticism, uh, saying he's got to clean up the drops a little bit, like that. Like, wow, man, he's got some issues with drops. If Harmon's saying he's got to clean that yeah, up, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, like I said, he's got the highest drop rate out there, but he doesn't get a lot of targets. So that means you know, you're 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 not in the few opportunities that you're getting. Guys that get a lot of opportunity, you know, Deontay Johnson, um, AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, those guys that drop a lot of balls but also get a lot of opportunity. I don't really care about the, you know. 10 to 13 plays they drop passes but like if McCole Hardman's gonna drop you know five to seven balls on uh 50 targets last year or something whatever it was that's (laughs) really not what you want that's a that's a problem right you go into your shower feeling tired but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring your day immediately gets better that crisp fresh unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses so when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. 
Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. All right, so week two of the preseason uh, gets underway on Thursday night. Uh, and uh, I got a handful of questions. And things that I'm sort of paying attention to that I'm looking out for uh, and want to get your thoughts on them. First one, can Cam Newton hold off Mac Jones for the starting quarterback job? It's a, it is a great question because um, they're one of these offenses. The 49ers are the, are the main one, and the Saints are also one too, that the entire complexion of the offense is going to change a lot based on who's the starting quarterback because you know we used to think of guys like well you know rg3 we want to get a backup like rg3 who who could run the same offense or you you think about that all the time mac jones cam newton very different style of quarterback <laughs> uh trey lance jimmy garoppolo very different style of quarterback Taysom hill is he even a quarterback i don't know but if he is <laughs> different style of quarterback than jason uh, than james winston I, so I throw justin fields and andy dalton in that same category too uh, yeah, absolutely. They're they're like the same dichotomy, right? Especially because the Bears are having this um, this off all these offensive line issues. It's like mm. at least Justin Fields might be able to bail them out every now and again <laughs> from these situations. I don't I don't know that Andy is bailing anybody out in that scenario. So um, on the Patriots specifically, like I actually think it's just tough. Like I don't know that Mac Jones, based on he looked pretty good in in preseason action, but like the practice reports doesn't seem like there's a big separation between these two guys. And I really do feel like Bill Belichick wants to give Cam Newton like a chance to be their starting quarterback now that they've actually, um, you know, changed like the, the complexion of the offense to the point that they have pretty good players out there. Um, but I think Mac Jones, if he's out there, would probably unlock a more traditional passing offense, which... I think would be good for Damian Harris, a, a guy that I have ahead of consensus because he'll get those goal line opportunities that Cam Newton would have taken. And then the trickle down to the pass catchers, dude, I love Jacoby Myers. I think he's mm-hmm. one of the most underrated route runners in the NFL. I think he is one of the best late round picks you can make because he's out there for every single snap with the starters in the preseason. Um, I think he's going to play slot. I think he's going to play outside a little bit, but Again, Myers is probably better unlocked if they're just a more voluminous passing offense. And even if Cam is the better quarterback right now, which is kind of an unknown, mm-hmm. whether he's the better quarterback right now, there's no argument to be made that like Cam Newton's going to bring the overall pass volume down in New England, just like Trey Lance will probably bring the pass volume down in um, San Francisco and Taysom Hill in New Orleans and uh, Justin Fields in Chicago. So from a volume perspective, we probably want Mac Jones to 
to win this job, I guess. But man, I, I hate to say that as a long time, like cam guy, cause <laughs> I would love to see like cam have one big Renaissance here. Um, but yeah, if you want guys like Myers and Johnny Smith, um, and even Nelson Aguilar to like outkick their ADP and Damian Harris too, you probably want Mac Jones out there. Yeah. I mean, just the, the, the bit of it I watched last week, there was a notable difference in the offense from when Cam Newton was on the field versus Mac Jones on the field. Um, as a football fan, I want to see Cam have one last hurrah. Uh, as a fantasy manager, I can't. I don't have the, I don't have the, the, the stones or the stomach to, uh, to take Cam Newton anywhere. Um, no. Similar question in Denver. Can Drew Locke hold off Teddy Bridgewater? Yeah, I mean, I think I was expecting Teddy Bridgewater to just win, like just to win this job because he's so rock solid and steady. But it seems like that gap is pretty close, if not even potentially favoring Drew Locke starting um, week one right now. And they're sort of um, they're not quite the same. I saw uh, producer Justin pointed this out in the chat like they're not quite the same that, uh, you know, the same equation that some of these rushing quarterbacks like will change the complexion of the offense. But stylistically. Locke and Teddy Bridgewater are very different quarterbacks and, you know, potentially like Drew Locke in a theoretical world where he's playing good football would unlock more of a ceiling perspective of this team. But I don't know about you, man. It it, it almost doesn't really matter to me who wins this job from 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 a perspective, because the biggest problem I have with these Broncos guys is not that um is not that like well number one there's not going to be like a high end starting quarterback I don't think by any means like even if Drew Locke takes another step he's not going to be like an above average starter Teddy Bridgewater probably not going to be an above average starter I think you're hoping for average at best if you're Denver the big problem to me is that unlike last year when Teddy Bridgewater lifted up Curtis Samuel Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore to top thirty fantasy finishes um, along with keeping Mike Davis involved as a receiver you know the Panthers defense was awful. They they were not they were not in many run first situations. The Broncos defense with Patrick Sertain already looking like he's a great player, and they already had a ton of good cornerbacks and pass rushers in tow already. This team is going to be like a run first defensive minded team. So I'm worried about the pass catchers from a volume perspective, almost regardless of who um, who is there at quarterback. That's my kind of biggest problem with Denver right now. But um, I do think it look kind of looks like Drew Locke might start week one. Yeah, which is interesting. I don't I don't think I would have pegged that. I don't think many people would have pegged that, you know, a couple of months ago. But but here we are. I, I just want I would love above average quarterback play because that would make me feel a lot better about, you know, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but yes, we, that would be we, nice. We may have to settle for league average. You may be right there. Um, is there a running back in Houston we should pay attention to? Anyone at all? No. I mean, <laughs> probably not. Like, I had to, after the, the preseason, when it looks like Philip Lindsay's going to be the early down guy and, like, David Johnson's just going to be a third down back, a receiver, you know, I bumped David Johnson down. I already had David Johnson really low to begin with. Um, and I put Philip Lindsay as a top 50 back, but not somebody that, like, I guess, you know, he was, like, completely off my radar was Philip Lindsay because I expected this to just be the David Johnson, like, primarily david johnson show um i guess i was wrong about that but i don't think it really matters anyways right like do you want the early down banger on the houston texans <laughs> offense you probably don't and you'd probably favor the receiving back anyway so like somebody asked me again someone asked me that recently like well what do we do with the texans backfield now i'm like you you bump johnson down you bump Lindsay up a pretty good amount and like he's in the late round range and johnson's like a double digit round pick but that's where Johnson should have been all along. You, like you, what you do with the Texans back, 
backfield is exactly what you should have done all along, which is don't target it proactively. Like, if one of these guys mm-hmm. falls to you in a decent range, fine, go for it. But, man, I mean, I just don't think you want a running back attached to this offense, especially if that – like, it would be one thing if David Johnson was going to get, like, a workhorse role. <laughs> Um, it does not look like he's going to get a workhorse role. So, like, you don't want a committee backfield uh, with this offense. You just don't want to mess around with that. You know, I kept telling myself that that somehow Philip Lindsay was going to find a way to, you know, it's, it's to, to paraphrase Jeff Goldblum, Philip Lindsay uh, uh, finds a way. Like, it finds was like, way, yeah. I, I, I just, I knew it, but at the same time, it's like, it comes back to what you said. Like, okay, yeah, maybe he is their lead back or he's the guy who gets the most work. That offense is still going to be awful. Bad. It's bad. just going to be bad. So, um, yeah, it is. It is. Uh, I guess it's the not the big fish in a small pond. It's like the the biggest fish in a puddle. I guess it's just not. It's it's <laughs> yeah, not anything cool. you want. Right? Exactly. Um, speaking of big fish, I mean Alvin Kamara. We know we're still drafting him in the top what four or five, pretty much in, in just about every situation. The rest of that offense, though. It's sort of falling apart. I mean, you know, who knows what's happening with Michael Thomas, and we're still trying to figure out who the starting quarterback is going to be. Like, are there any Saints that we're really excited about besides Alvin Kamara? Man, the Saints offense is is impossible to project right now beyond Alvin Kamara. And even like Alvin Kamara, you know, he's a stud. He's a 1A back, absolutely. But it's, it's like you, you normally I would not want – to be advising people to take a top five pick that's attached to an offense potentially captained by Jameis Winston and <laughs> Taysom Hill, you know, with this cast of characters, it's one thing if Michael Thomas was going to be in the mix, but this receiver core is a complete unknown. That said, I like Marquez Callaway. I like what I've seen from him. Um, our buddy James Coe and my business partner James Coe is trying to uh, convince me to like put these snapshot guys up on the website, like guys who play, like Brian Edwards, um, Marquez Callaway, Van Jefferson, who played like no snaps last year. But let, he's like, let's not make him RP Cannon or anything, but let's give him like a little taste. <laughs> he's probably going to convince me on that because he's usually the one with the good ideas. Um, anyways, but like I like Marquez Callaway, what I've seen so far. I think that there's been a steady drumbeat too that he's been a really good player. So like take him in the late rounds for sure. Like why not? I, I mean, somebody has got to get targets there. Maybe it's Marquez Callaway, a guy who I does. I, I think he's got some talent. Like, I think he has flashed a little bit to this point in his career. Um, but beyond that, man, like, the offense has a great – it's a great offensive line. The fact that Sean Payton exists is still kind of the saving <laughs> grace here. Like, I don't know that – is Sean Payton really going to captain a team that has a bottom 10 offense? Is that really possible? You know, but, mm. man, the skill position players beyond Camaro would kind of dictate it's possible. Um, I, I think Winston could have given them a passing boost, like unlocked Michael Thomas as more of a downfield receiver, but when the hell is Thomas going to play? And, again, right. then beyond that, it's Traquan Smith, Marquez Callaway, unproven and probably like not – who knows – Adam Troutman, you know, an unknown tight end is their starter. Um, like Latavius Murray might be on the roster bubble for Devonta Freeman to save a few bucks. I, I don't know if that's true, but those are some of the reports and the percolations out there right now. There's just, like you said, there's nothing. There's not a lot here. And that is kind of concerning for a top five running back. But 
he, the good news is Camaro might catch legitimately like 120 passes because <laughs> of the receiver shortage in there right now. So I haven't been fading Alvin Kamara. If I have the fifth overall pick, I'm, I'm going to take him over guys like Saquon Barkley with the questions there. Um, you know, guys like Aaron Jones and Nick Chubb who aren't like locked into to full workloads like uh, Alvin Kamara is. But I just think the Saints offense is a total mystery right now. But good news, Marcus. They have five five primetime games for us to watch and figure out Yay. over the course of the year. Woo. Uh, so here's the thing. Look, so you know, part of the reason that you and I and James Co are friends is because, you know, I consider you guys wonderful people to talk to and hang around with, but also because we seem yeah. to think alike in a lot of respects because you named those those three snapshot guys you named with Marquez Callaway, Brian Edwards, uh, and Van Jefferson. I think I took them all in the late rounds in my Kings nice. classic draft. So <laughs> I, I did. I took some uh, some darts and threw it, and I hit all three of those guys in the, the late rounds of the draft. So it's nice to know that uh, you know there is some somebody that that validates my line of thinking. What are what are friends for if not for just like validating each right. other? You know exactly. Um, so you went on a little bit of a Jalen Rager rant, but lately, you know, there have been you know Twitter highlights of him making plays in practice, and you know talk that maybe he's starting to turn a corner. Like, is that enough to at least pique your interest on him again? Yeah. So. I mentioned earlier Jalen Rager, second worst success rate versus man coverage uh, ever charted in reception perception history. I really do think that just describes how his rookie year went. You know, it wasn't just quarterback issues. It wasn't just um, it wasn't just like an overall offensive problem. I think there was a Jalen Rager problem here, too. Like, I don't think he played well. Um, from an individual perspective, but like to kind of put that success rate into into some context here too. Not that I'm going to like say that that's you know not like it, it is what it is. That's the result of his rookie year. But let's talk through some of the other bottom performers who are not slot receivers in in this metric. Justin Hunter, the stone worst. Um, then there's Jalen Rager, Devonte Parker's rookie year, Marquise Lee's rookie year. And then Devontae Adams' rookie year. Hmm. So I think that actually gives you a really good spectrum on which to work with for <laughs> Jalen Rager. Because maybe he's Justin Hunter and just washes out of the league because he can't play. That's one possible outcome. Hmm. Maybe he becomes Devontae Parker, a guy who takes forever to turn on, has like one good year, and then that's kind of it. Like Parker, I don't even know what... it like what his potential is this year. Like mm. I think he's a tough player to draft right now, or he's Marquise Lee who turned into kind of like a the bad, the albino tiger. Play. He was the albino yeah. tiger, right? Like you, know, you yeah. rarely see him, but when you do, it's pretty special, <laughs> but he had like 700 yards once, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's kind of like what we're looking at or Devonte Adams. He becomes the best player in the, at, at his position in the NFL. I don't think he's going to be Justin Hunter. And I don't think he's going to be Devontae Adams, basically. Mm-hmm. If I could, this is actually this is a good idea for a tweet thread. Thanks, Marcus. Oh, um, glad to help. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's going to be like the. Let's just not bet on him being the stone worst or the stone best outcome um, in that spectrum. I think he could fall somewhere between being Marquise Lee and uh, Devontae Parker, which is like again, Parker. Maybe he's an average level starter, um, and Marquis Lee probably in in a situation where like he can pl- have a couple of moments, but eventually sort of fades away um, after a few years in the league, uh, or is just like a rotational guy. I think that's probably what could happen 
with Jalen Rager. So I don't mind if you like Jalen Rager. And, and by the way, I did kind of like Jalen Rager as a prospect because of the speed and athleticism and everything that was there that you could see in college. Like if he learns how to run routes and they line him up as a slot receiver more often, which is in like the range of outcomes, you know, that, that seems like what they could do with him there then I think he could be an average level guy who, when all the situations are right, you know, when Ryan Fitzpatrick is his quarterback for one year, like Devontae Parker got to do, uh, he could have that one big year or something. That's basically, I think, what you're looking at with Jalen Rager. If, if, I think that success rate actually, when you look at the other bottom guys, actually does kind of help you sort of put it into context what he could be. So, I mean, basically you're saying, you know, Jalen Rager is... I'd say anywhere between two thirds to three quarters of the wide receivers who play in the NFL, right? They're not, they're not amongst yeah. the elite tier. They're not amongst the worst, right? They're, you know, decent players who you know, like come and go. I mean, so um, there's no shame in that. That's, that's probably the majority of guys who play in the league. So, and we don't have to like argue about it all off season on Twitter or whatever, right? <laughs> right. Like we, do you really, it doesn't matter whether you get Jalen Rager right or wrong this year. Probably not. Probably I mean, not. But history would just indicate that it's very unlikely that he becomes, you know, an elite player or something like that. Look, you know, I'm, so so I'm the guy who spent two years like, you know, trying to make J Jaw a deep sleeper, so you know, who am I to <laughs> I have no leg to stand on here in this argument yeah, whatsoever. T- tough scene. <laughs> you and Howie you and Howie Roseman both, man. So right? <laughs> look, I'm, in my defense. I watched him, you know, like I watched Pac-12 football. Like I watched him mossing USC defensive backs for like four years. So maybe my judgment was a little bit clouded. I'm willing to admit that. That's all. Perhaps. Um, uh, before I let you go, I always like to do some rapid fire questions. I know I talk to you about a lot of things generally anyway, but uh, maybe I'll dig in and, and find another layer to the Harmon Onion here uh, coming up. Um, what's, the last, what's the last movie you watched? I know you're not a big movie watcher, but I'm curious what the last movie you watched was. Yeah, when I saw this on the rundown, because I open up rundowns now, I had to think about it for a second. <laughs> uh, and I th- no, the last movie that I watched that I hadn't already seen mm-hmm. um, was Knives Out, actually, which I had not oh, seen uh, with Daniel Craig. That was yeah. awesome. What a yeah, great movie. Great like, movie. I, you know, um, we don't watch many movies in the house. Neither one of my fiance or I are big movie fans. You know I'm not a big movie fan. <laughs> right. She's She's... She's not not that I'm not a movie fan. I love I love movies, and actually, in the before times, I loved going to the movie theater because it I could check off all boxes in terms of my favorite thing. Uh, I got to be left alone for two to three hours, completely <laughs> unbothered. Um, I got to drink beer in the middle of the day, mm-hmm. and I got to cheat on my diet. Boom! <laughs> check 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 check. Let me do that right there. Um, so I do love going to the movies. I just don't watch very many movies, especially at home, but. We just were like, oh, let's watch a movie tonight. And I saw Knives Out was on uh, Amazon for free or whatever. And it, we watched it. It was awesome. I, it was like one of the best movies I've seen um, in a long time. It was really great. Yeah. Never would have pegged Daniel Craig as like a Southern detective. But uh, I mean, here we are. Or a uh, spoiler alert. Like, well, no, I won't. I won't spoil it. Because I was going to say, like, it's been long enough. But I'm I'm the clown who just watched it now. <laughs> you just but, watched no, Knives so. Out. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So never mind. I won't spoil it. But um yeah, yeah, right. yeah. there's other surprises, other character surprises. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. It's definitely a lot of fun. It's good. Uh, yeah. What music are you streaming? I should probably say non Dawes division because I know that's always sort of like <laughs> you know near the top of the rotation. But what what are you listening to now? Uh, I listen to I've been listening to a lot of Zach Brown band, great summer um, band. Like you know, I have a, a playlist on my Spotify called country music. I unironically like. <laughs> um, because I hate I hate probably like ninety percent 
of country artists, but like the 10% that I like, I really unironically enjoy Zach mm. Brown band probably being one of the, one of my favorite and he's a great summer band. Great, great summer band. So that's, that's like what music I've been listening to a lot. Um, you know, whether driving like South Bay stereotype, driving around in my Jeep, um, <laughs> with my backwards hat and, um, you know, uh, Sanooks on or whatever, uh, that's they're doing that or grilling outside of the patio. That's usually Zach Brown band, but, uh, been listening to a lot of office ladies podcasts with Jenna Fisher and, uh, Angela Kinsey. I, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a big, the office fan, obviously. And that is, uh, that that's been kind of my main thing that I've been streaming right now. Uh, is that podcast? It's great, really good to like revisit the show. It is funny. Like I, I like The Office. Like I have no beef with The Office. I am amazed at the, I don't know, the, the resurrection. Just the 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 wave yes. of love for The Office that has happened in the last, especially during the pandemic. Maybe it's because everybody was at home and it was like you know televised comfort food uh, while we yeah. were all sort of going through this pandemic. It really but, is. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's amazing to me. Well, listening to the podcast, the the everyone associated with the show is surprised by that too. <laughs> they're they're surprised by that it even made it onto the air, which I think is actually the big the the fun the most enjoyable thing about um, really listening to it is like the 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 journey or whatever mm. of um of it getting on air. Do you know the first season actually shot in Culver City, sort really? of you know, near near like some warehouse kind of I would say just on the border of Culver City. Um, yeah. So Culver City, like a Jace, basically, you know. So. Yeah, I wouldn't have put it like in the in the square heat of the bubble, but definitely yeah, like bubble adjacent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a, like that's a reference that basically like five of us are gonna. Yeah, understand. nobody, <laughs> nobody <laughs> got that. Nobody got that. It's like uh, what the right. bubble? What the hell is he talking what about? Is about? Uh, last one. What would be the title of your memoir? Oh, I I have no idea, man. Um, I have no I I don't know. I like, just mine. I think mine would be like because I'm a grown up. Like that's kind of basically. what it would be. <laughs> Um, I would re- I'd have no idea I couldn't imagine writing a memoir man I, I used to think I wanted to write like um, there's a lot of things like in the last uh, year and like t- I guess two years really like I feel like I've aged a hundred years in the last two years probably a lot of people did also, but many of us have many many folks have there but there are many things I used to think I wanted to write like a, a my life story type of book I couldn't imagine possibly doing that now like and it's it's big things like that and simple things of like I you know how Instagram shows you like this is what you were doing two years ago or whatever um, I look at like asking my followers like respond to this question box and my question is like I couldn't imagine doing that now like I don't care what I don't 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 ask me any don't respond to anything don't ask me any questions leave me alone um so I don't know that I would be a good memoir candidate at this point um I would I find I, I just find other people much more interesting and like relating to that so I don't think I would write a memoir basically All right. that's fair enough uh, my memoir my memoir entitled stories about other people people yeah <laughs> uh that actually that that sounds kind of that sounds actually right up your alley and honestly i i might read that to be honest with you well there we go maybe maybe that's my next project there you go uh, a, a memoir not about myself that's that, that's the next one uh all right dude i you know i was like chatting with you in pretty much any format but this one especially um one more time for folks who maybe somehow don't know about reception perception uh you know let them know man yeah, receptionperception.com. We've got a bunch of st- cool stuff going on right now. Um, obviously, like uh, some of these success rate route metrics that I've mentioned, those are there are profiles on 60 plus guys, both college and NFL players that you can find on the site, sortable data tables uh, as well with all of these metrics. And we've got some cool like season preview stuff 
um, in, in, in mostly our master plan, which is all a James Co. baby, by the way. That was his. Uh, that was his idea. It's a free downloadable PDF. If you subscribe to the site, it's a completely free add-on to your subscription. You just download it, and um, it'll hopefully prepare you for not just your wide receiver fantasy draft, but um, everything along the way. And I of course, would, of course, be remiss if I didn't shout out the Yahoo Fantasy Football podcast yeah. that I'm still on as well. Please go check that out. Um, I'm on twice a week during the season, my episodes middle of the week with Dalton Del Don are some of my favorites because Dalton, um, if there was ever somebody that should tweet more, it's Dalton because he's got the spiciest takes, uh, but never, <laughs> never tweets, never tweets. So uh, you got to listen to the podcast basically to find out some of his awesome takes. Yeah, I was going to say, we should probably mention the fact that you still do work for Yahoo. And that is sort of like, you know, the, the main gig. Uh, that uh, if, if 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 I if anyone that employs me at Yahoo listens to this, they'll they'll be sure to remind me that I should mention it before the hour mark of the podcast. Oh yeah, no, I was gonna actually just email this directly to Andy Barons and just tell him like, hey, look, this is uh, this is what Harmon's doing nowadays. I said I said I said somebody that employs me, not uh, Andy <laughs> Barons. <laughs> oh. Andy Barons ain't signing those checks, buddy. I'll tell you that. Oh man, that's uh. Which why I had Andy on. Great people. He's a lot of fun. Um, He's the best. Like, yeah. And I do wish Dalton would tweet more because Dalton is sort of a fantasy savant. I think, but he, he does. He oh sort yeah. Of, he sort of keeps his things to himself. If uh, I could, if I could, like, I'm going to just bogart the podcast here one more please. time. Like, uh, like, actually, I think it's my fault that Dalton doesn't tweet because he usually would tweet a, a little bit here and there. And after doing the pod with him for like a year and a half, I told him I was like, man, you got to tweet more. Like, you have the spiciest, hottest takes of the group for sure. Mm-hmm. Like me and Andy pretty eh, bland whatever like yeah i mean we've got some good things here or there but like dalton really legitimately like his rankings full of heaters full of like outliers that he's ahead of the consensus on um i was like you got to tweet more man you got to tweet more and this was like week six of the nfl season last year after dak went down and he Mm -hmm. put out a tweet like oh andy dalton will be just as good as dak prescott um and right before monday night football when andy dalton just blew it against the cardinals (laughs) And he was eviscerated for that, and I don't think he—I legit don't think he's tweeted since. So this actually yeah. might be my fault. Yeah, that, <laughs> my that fault. seems to happen. Uh, Dalton, you're, you're not alone on that. I, I certainly understand it. So, uh, pal, always like talking to you. Um, we'll we'll talk soon, and when I say soon, I mean probably like in the next you know ten fifteen minutes on Slack or something. Sounds like good. That. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Cool. I'll see you there. <laughs> Sounds good, man. Anyway, for us, that is it. We are done. We appreciate you hanging out with the NFL Fantasy Football Show. You know the drill: tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, there aren't many short synonyms for the word abbreviation. Be safe, take care of yourselves, get vaccinated, and we'll see you next week. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for The Everyday Guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.